like to welcome you all to Sunday service. It's so nice to see so many smiling faces on this beautiful fall day here at Ananda Village. And welcome also to those of you who are joining us online. My name is Atman. This is Bhakti Marg. And Sundara will also be joining us shortly to help present this service for you. So from the reading for today, from Rays of the One Light, weekly commentaries on the Bible and Bhagavad Gita by Swami Kriyananda. Reincarnation, the spiral staircase. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, Jesus Christ tells us, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. There's a difference between church dogmas, which are based on reasoned deductions from spirit, scriptural statements, and the pronouncements of wisdom, which are based on the inner realization of scriptural truths. Reason, like a train, can only follow already existing tracks of human experience. Human memory, being short, is seldom able to cross back over the threshold of a person's present existence. Biblical references to previous lifetimes on earth are overlooked in the deductive process, and we find them therefore excluded from the body of official dogma. Nevertheless, such references exist. The Bible itself presents them, as does Jesus in this passage, not as abstract teachings, but as direct, personal perception of truth. In the same way, Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita silences Arjuna's reasonable doubts on the subject, not by reasoned argument, but by the frank statement contained in the fourth chapter of that great scripture. Arjuna, you and I have passed through many births. I know all of them, though you, O chastiser of foes, recall them not. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. Good morning. I would like to read from Whispers from Eternity, a very powerful demand here called, I vow never again to turn my gaze from thee. I take this sacred vow. Never will I lower my love's gaze below the eyebrow horizon of my constant thoughts of thee. Never will I turn my uplifted inner sight away from thee. Never will I let my mind dwelling on anything that reminds me not of thee. I will disdain the nightmare of ignorant behavior. I will court all dreams of noble achievement, those of love, kindness, and understanding, for they are thy dreams. Though I dream many dreams wakefully, I will ever think of thee. In the sacred fire of constant remembrance, keep ever a light on my soul's altar. I will ever behold thy presence with the watchful eyes of devotional love. Thy grace has shown me the dualities of health and sickness, life and death, joy and sorrow are but passing fantasies. 
I am finished with those eternally self-canceling delusions. I am persuaded at last that there is but one abiding reality, thy eternal, ever-conscious, ever-new, ever-thrilling, infinite bliss. Part of Yogananda's mission was to show the underlining unity, as he says, said, of original Christianity and original yoga. And of course, to show the underlying unity of all religions, but he said it was the will of Babaji that we focus on Christianity and yoga. And so this topic of reincarnation, Christianity seems to be at odds with Indian philosophy, doesn't it? I was brought up in the Catholic Church and reincarnation was not talked about at all. Um, if we look clearly, or just from the surface, it appears that Jesus does not talk about reincarnation. We, people might also say, well, reincarnation is not true because I don't remember my past lives. In 2010, uh, there was a study done that about 25% of Americans believed in reincarnation. And just last year, 2021, that number rose to 33%. So it appears that reincarnation is making a comeback. <laughs> but as this reading said, you know, we can have, Swami writes, talks about reasoned deductions of scriptural statements, or really those who have had the actual knowledge, personal experience of truth, where they can make these statements with authority because they, they've known their past lives like, G, like Jesus and Krishna, Yogananda and others. But in the new path, there's a whole chapter that Swamiji writes about reincarnation. And there's some amazing stories of children and their experiences of reincarnation in past lives. The one story in the new path was of um, somebody sent to Swamiji of a young French girl and who was brought up to devout Catholic parents. And she, one of, some of her first words when she first started speaking were rupee, warda, and bapu. And so her parents were, okay, they started, okay, what are these words? They looked it up and warda is course in India and that's where Gandhi had his ashram and Bapu was the name that people would affectionately call Gandhi and so this little girl said I was with Gandhi that life and so when some friends brought a copy of the autobiography of a yogi to the parents of this young French girl she saw the picture and said that's Yogananda he came to visit Gandhi at Warda he was so beautiful then there's another story in the New Path where um, Yogananda tells Dr. Lewis, uh, one of his disciples, first disciples in America, that his mother, who had passed a few years earlier, had just be had been reborn. And he said, if you go to Boston, this area of Boston, go to this house, you'll find your mother there. And she's about three years old. And so he goes there, and sure enough, he sees his mother as this three-year-old being, being reborn. 
And he said, she took a, a liking to me and as if she knew me and I could see in her little mannerisms, my mother. So these are stories, okay, of this tradition, of this path, but is there anything more universal that could maybe have helped raise that percentage of people believing in reincarnation? Well, one of the most extraordinary stories that I've heard was of this young boy named James Leininger. And when he was two years old, he started having these uh, nightmares, night terrors. And he's in his bed and he starts kind of kicking up towards the ceiling as if he's trying to get out of something. And he said, he's plane on fire, plane going down. And you know, his parents just thought, oh, this is just a nightmare, it's gonna pass, but it kept happening. And then during his waking hours, he would just start, he would see a picture of a plane or his mom would give him a, a plane. He said, look, there's a, a bomb at the bottom of that plane. He said, that's not a bomb, that's a drop tank. And he started naming, knowing all the different things of this, of airplanes and starts continuing to have these nightmares. And his parents are getting worried. And somebody says, well, you know, maybe he's having a past life. And his dad is like, no way. I don't believe in past lives. It's not true. It's not gonna happen. Until eventually this, this just kept going on. And um, the dad just starts saying, so, you know, you said you were a pilot. Well, where were you a pilot at? And he said, I was a pilot on the Natomas. So the father looks it up and sure enough, it's an aircraft carrier. And he says, so what was the name of your plane? And he names it. And he started telling details about the plane, that the plane used to get uh, flat tires. And people were saying, well, obviously you're telling your child this. And he said, My, we only let our child watch Barney. Barney. So there's no, you know, we never talked about World War II or anything. And so again, more of these facts and details just keep coming up. And eventually um, the father is just doing all this research trying to debunk this, but he can't because more things keep coming up. And so sure enough, he was able to contact, or let me back up. This little boy, his name was James. And so he started drawing these pictures of these planes and like them going down and crashing. And he would sign them, sign them James the third. And his mother eventually said, what is your name in a past life? He says, James. And well, the mother said, no, that's your name now. He said, no, my name was James. And so again, the father researched and found that there was an actual man named James Houston the second, and he's calling himself James the third. And sure enough, after all this research, they find some people that would, would have known James Houston from a past life. And they, they reunite this young boy with people from his past life. He goes up to them and say, this is your name, this is your name. Unbelievable. And so, eventually, it was interesting because I wanted to see, okay, well, all these experiences happened to this young boy, James, before he was six. So I, I kind of looked up, okay, where is this boy at now? He's in his 20s. Turns out he hardly remembers any of those experiences, right? And why does Master said that we don't remember our experiences? Kind of two main reasons. I'm sure he gave others, but this is what I've found. He said, the troubles and the heartaches we've had in, in the past would be too much for us to 
handle now, and we wouldn't have the will to go on. And he said, secondly, boredom of repetition. <laughs> and so, yeah, while we might have glimpses of our past lives, it's, it's, it's being hidden to us so that we can just move on from where we are now. So my wife, Nandi Dave, and I watched a movie recently, which as, I, as we were watching it, we could keep saying, oh, that's master's teachings there and there and there. And that is the movie Groundhog Day. <laughs> and if you remember Groundhog Day, um, you know, this man, his name is Phil. He's a weather reporter. He's very self-confident, arrogant, know-it-all. He thinks he's like the best. And then he has to report on Groundhog Day. I'm from Pittsburgh, and Groundhog Day is, happens in a little town called Punxsutawney, not too far away from where I grew up. I never went to Groundhog Day, but every February 2nd on the news, they reported on Groundhog Day. So, he goes, he goes on Groundhog, he has to go report on Groundhog Day. He's in a bad mood, he doesn't want to be there. He thinks this job is below him. He doesn't want to be with the people he's in. It's bad weather. And so, he goes through his day, and he can't wait to get back to Pittsburgh. On their way back to Pittsburgh, there's a storm, a blizzard. They can't go back. He has to go back to Punxsutawney. He falls asleep, he wakes up, it's not the next day, it's Groundhog Day again. And think of each day as a new incarnation. So he wakes up and he sees the same people, and he, the people that annoyed him the day before. The day before. Um, he sees this man named Ned, he's a, a, an insurance salesman who, who thinks he knows him. He's annoyed by it. Um, he steps in a puddle, he gets his leg all icy and wet. And this just keeps happening. He has to report on that groundhog, or eventually he calls it that rat they just pull out of a hole. Um, and then what, what is going on? As Master said, the anguishing monotony over and over again. Eventually that anguishing monotony turns him into anger because the same people that annoyed him and bugged him just keep coming back. <laughs> And so eventually he starts, he punches the guy that's trying to sell him the insurance. Again, this is all happening, it's new for everybody else, but not for him. So eventually he realizes that, well, you know, I'm just gonna keep incarnating again and again, so I can just really do whatever I want and not have any consequences. So he leaves, a, he starts uh, driving recklessly, drinking, um, essentially becoming a hedonist overindulging in all these sense pleasures. And then what happens? He realizes that he's not, in, he's not getting any happier. So he starts to get into the mood of a despair. What did Master say moods are caused by? Overindulging over uh, over of the senses. So he tries to just take his life. Of course, it doesn't work. <laughs> He tries by fire, he tries by drowning, he tries by driving off a cliff. It doesn't work, he keeps coming back. And then eventually what happens? He wakes up and he just, he shifts his energy. And he said, 
you know, well, I just better make the best of it. And he starts to notice his co-reporter and how kind she is and how he starts to have feelings for her. And then um, he starts to see the homeless man on the street and starts to have compassion for him. And eventually, you know, he, again, these incarnations keep happening over and over again. And so he knows when the boy's about to fall from the tree and he runs to make sure he catches him before he falls. And there's a, a homeless man he, he sees, he gives him money, but then he realizes that he needs food. And so he starts, keep, he keeps doing all of these acts of service until eventually um, he's just beloved in the town of Punxsutawney. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody's coming up to him. Thank you for helping with this situation, this situation. My, the, my favorite scene was these old ladies are driving. They get a flat tire, and almost instantly, he's there with a tire and a car jack. <laughs> he's like, I just happen to have it with me. <laughs> but, you know, um, Master said that we need to when we forget the self in service to others, we find happiness. And so it seemed that, you know, he stops reincarnating once it seemed like he totally forgot about himself and is fully thinking about others. And so if there was a Groundhog Day part two, it would probably pick up where it left off. And of course he would start learning meditation and, um, you know, maybe learning Kriya Yoga, coming to Ananda, et cetera. But, um, we need to, this movie is wonderful in the sense that it, it just shows you what we might have forgotten because we don't rec remember our in past incarnations, but we get a glimpse of it in this life, don't we? If we're in this room, if we're studying spiritual teachings, if we're interested in meditation and improving our lives, Sometimes even just a little bit of pain says, I don't want this anymore. Isn't it true? We, we read words of Yogananda about where our home in God is and the bliss that's waiting for us. And we just intuitively say, that's what I want. That's where I want to go. Everything else is, hasn't worked so far. That's something else that I've been looking for is only within my own self. And it's through the techniques, the attunement with the guru, our devotion, and seeing all as our brothers and sisters in God that we will find what we've, we've been missing for so many incarnations. So here are some tips for how to get off this wheel of reincarnation. Yogananda said, we need a magic wand. Do you know what the magic wand is? Yogananda said it's our will. When we think of a magic wand, you kind of, kind of like do this hand movement and something miraculous appears. Well, when we use our will in a conscious way, what happens? Our willpower puts out energy and that energy creates a magnetism and it draws to us things that you know, we're, we're trying to bring into our lives. Now, Master said that will should be, conscious will, should be calm, cool, steady, and flowing. 
interesting, as opposed to a will that's like, I'm gonna grind through this and agitate it, I'm just gonna burn, like work myself to the bone, but calm, cool, steady, and flowing. The other one would be, we need to face each challenge with calm, centered energy. This reading that Atman read from Rays of the One Light, the, the quote from the Bible, where it said, those that overcometh, I will make a pillar in the temple of God. A pillar is strong. And how do we become pillar-like when we are faced with our daily situations that are challenging? Well, with calm, centered energy. Naya Swami Bharat was on a lecture tour in New Jersey, and he tells the story of, uh, there's a man who was hosting, hosting him in his lecture, and he tells this story where he was, um, he was a superintendent of three rural schools. And there was the uh, wrestling coach was kind of verbally abusing the, uh, the students, he had to fire him. And so the wrestling coach was so angry. And his extended family, which was large, was also very angry, and they were threatening him with physical violence and such. And so um, this man, Thomas, was in his office, and he hears these cars pulling up and screeching. He looks out the window, and sure enough, it's the family of this wrestling coach who was just so, they were upset and angry. He was scared. He said, I didn't have much time. I just got, he was a meditator. I just tried to take the few moments I could and just get really centered in myself. And so when this mob came, um, he just was very centered, and they were just hurling all these accusations at him, and you know, um, he just took it calmly. He listened to them, he explained very calmly why he had to fire the coach, and he said, they didn't agree with me, but I could tell that they respected my inner strength because these were strong men themselves. So they didn't agree with me, but they, they understood where I was coming from. And so they went back and they told their relative, who was the high school coach, you know, you got to change your behavior. And sure enough, um, the, the superintendent reinstated this coach. But, you know, when he came, that calm energy, calm centered energy, when we're like that in ourselves, outer circumstances will adjust themselves to our centeredness. The next one would be become bigger than your problems. This is a story um, in honor of Nayaswami Anandi Cornell. And she wrote this story um, uh, in 2010, I think, for Clarity Magazine. And she tells the story of this uh, boy named David. He's 17 years old. He just got diagnosed with juvenile diabetes. And at that moment, his life just kind of fell apart. And so he now had to watch what he ate, when he ate, when he took his insulin, um, what activities he could and couldn't do. And he just reacted like an animal in the cage and just, just completely rebelled. And his affirmation essentially was, I'm a diabetic and therefore I can't be happy. And so his parents were like really worried about him. And so they, they take him to see a therapist and six months happened, not much was changing. Until one day David comes back into 
the, um, to see the therapist, and he said, I had a dream last night. And in this dream, I was in this room without a ceiling, all white walls, and there was a small image of the Buddha. And as I watched and I stood at the Buddha, I could see the serenity and the peace on his face. And it started to fill me with peace. And I got so peaceful. And then all of a sudden, from behind me, a dagger flew past me and just went straight into the heart of the Buddha. And I was just, I was just so upset. And I just said, why does this always have to happen to me? And he watched and continued to watch this statue of the Buddha. And the Buddha's serene face stayed the same. And slowly, the Buddha started to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it was larger than the whole room. And he noticed that the dagger stayed the same size and was only a small point. And he realized that the growing Buddha was in response to the dagger. We are not our egos, are we? We are a soul. We're not confined by this body, we're omnipresent. And so, he re this, this helped him to just, this dream, of course, just helped him to kind of get through that while he had this, this diabetes, it didn't have to be the main focus and huge part of his life. It could be, become a smaller and smaller part. And then Master said, if the perfect soul children of God come on earth and do everything to please God and satisfy, not satisfy the cravings of the ego, then they will be free of the necessity of reincarnation. He says, Yogananda says, that we should see every, in, every incarnation. This incarnation now is a new opportunity. We should essentially see every single day as a new opportunity, the moment we wake up. You know, life, we, also, we all have these challenges in life that we struggle with. I mean, until we're self-realized, we're going to have struggles. Um, but we have to realize that we're not alone in this. We have friends, we have family, we have Nanda, Ananda. If you're watching online, you have online with Ananda. And the, no matter where you go, if you reach out, God will come through various channels to be with us and help us with these struggles. I was remembering a poster that was on my, in my home when I was a child. And I never, there's a poem associated with the poster, but I never really knew what, I never read the poem. All I knew was a, a, it was a poster of a, a shore with these footprints going, one set of footprints. So I, I recently read what that poem was it's called Footprints. And, and the poem essentially goes, you know, my Lord, you know, you were always with me in my life. And as we were walking on the beach, there's always the two sets of footprints, mine and yours. But, but when I was in the hardest, most challenging parts of my life, I noticed there was only one set of footprints. Lord, where did you go? And the Lord responded, when you needed me most, the reason you didn't see my footprints is because I was carrying you. And so it is that when we call on the Lord and we can really call with that, that yearning, you know, we need to find, to get off the wheel of reincarnation, we have to have a yearning. 
a deep, deep yearning to just, as he, Master said, you know, to stop the play of this world. And when we can have that deep yearning, you know, the, God will come to us and liberate us. Master said, you should seek God now. Don't wait incarnations to find him. He can be known in this life now. And the more quickly you know him, the better off you will be. You are foolish if you don't seek him because there is no other way that you essentially will be satisfied. Having him, you shall have everything. Life is a dream, time like a stream, carries our burdens away. Never despair, joys everywhere, love can befriend you. and worry, seek joy and be gay. Often on earth, things of great worth, worldly ambitions define. Sometimes a friend tells us a Ascend up from thy scares to the sky. Love is a star, though shining afar. It can guide us and help us toward light to draw nigh. Love is a star, though shining can guide us and help us toward light to draw